0: In this episode of Order Within, I sit down with life coach Lewis Morse to discuss the challenges and complexities of navigating our modern world. We delve into the concept of masculinity, exploring what it means to be a man in today's society, and how important it is to align our values with our actions. Lewis shares life lessons and personal experiences, from his challenging relationship with his father to how he aims to help others through life coaching. This is a journey that he's been on since a very early age in his life. It's an episode full of wisdom to apply in our daily lives. So let's get into it. Hello and welcome to Order Within, navigating a world of endless chaos and crisis. Many of us are experiencing inner turmoil, insecurity, anxiety, fears and isolation. These feelings are only being amplified by news cycles, social media and never ending political madness. How do we find our way out of the chaos? How do we find strength within ourselves? How do we find meaning in a world driven by materialism? These questions and many more I aim to answer on the show. My goal is to be a trusted guide on your journey to selfhood. May you find what you seek. Hello and welcome everyone. I'm your host, Brandon Ward, back with another episode of Order Within. We've got a phenomenal guest today. I'm excited to talk to him. We've got Lewis Morris, who's a life coach, podcast of the Heart Matters podcast, and entrepreneur. Lewis and I, he invited me on his show a while back. We had a great time discussing a variety of concepts. Lewis, I'm excited
1: to have you on the show and welcome, my friend. I I appreciate you inviting me, man. I really do, because there's nothing like this, as we were talking about before we came on the air. You get to meet people. That's how me and you been. We met on the podcast. Exactly. You know, and, you know, you was dropping some things on me. you get a chance, go check the episode out with Brandon Ward in it. And the Heart Matters, because yeah, yeah, he's dropping some knowledge over there. I love it, man. I appreciate that.
0: Well, I had a lot of fun talking with you. And I think there's, in particular, it's important the work that you're doing. I think, especially around masculinity, that was a big bulk of the things that we talked about. I also love yeah. the way you frame your interviews, the questions that you all ask your guests. I think it's really cool to to have a, a consistency in the questions that you ask in your guests because you can see everybody's perspective across the breadth of the guests that you bring on. I'll, I'll make mm-hmm. sure to link to our episode in the show notes too, by the way. Thanks for the yeah. shout out there. I definitely appreciate that. But Lewis, you've been a life coach since 2018, I believe, correct? Yeah. So you're five plus years in. Yeah, But y- you, giving relationship advice was nothing new to you, right? You, it kind of naturally fell into you. You've been
1: doing this since you were young, huh? So maybe, maybe give a little yeah. background on, on kind of what got you into it. Yeah, what- so what happened when I was like 13, people in the neighborhood start coming to me. Maybe, look, maybe because I had four sisters. You know, mm-hmm. I was the only boy with four sisters. So maybe it was because of that. I, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I know, but you know what I'm saying? I didn't know then. So people would come to me and be like, look, my girlfriend, she don't want to spend time with me. How can I get her to spend time with me? But well, these are people like my age, 13, 14, 15, like this, right? And I would just give them some advice. And they'd come back to me and be like, look, what you told me at work. Okay. I didn't think, you know, I knew I could charge for it, you know, <laughs> back then, you know, you know. So the girls would come to me, look, you know, my boyfriend, he's acting up. Say, how can I get him to straighten up? And then as I got older, older people started coming. Mm. Especially older women, you know what I'm saying? They would come to me. Yeah, I was like 17, you know what I'm saying? They were women like 34, 35, they come to me, yeah. My husband, I don't know, you know, and I was just know It's a gift, you know what I'm saying? It's a gift to be able to, for one, for to have people to trust you with that type of information, not knowing, you know what I'm saying, whether you're qualified to be trusted with that information. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I didn't, I didn't look at it back then. I was, I was a kid. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But now that I think back and I'm like, wow, these people trusted me with this delicate information. You know what I'm saying? And I was just a kid. But it's a gift. God best me with a gift. So mm-hmm. I try to share it and people just talk to me. It's, it still happens. The building that I live in, people just did sell me things and I keep it. You know what I'm saying? That's another thing. Mm-hmm. You know, when, you, when people entrust you with information like that, you should keep it. You know what I'm saying? Don't, don't start spreading around and using it for gossip and stuff like that. That's, that's a I bad look, that. you know? So I didn't even do that as a kid, you know what I'm saying? I, I, you know, I mm-hmm. just kept it, you know what I'm saying? I would give them what I had to give them and I would keep it to myself, you know? So uh, I've been really blessed, man. I'm, I'm so fortunate and blessed to be alive and doing what I'm doing. So I just wanna try to elevate and do some things better, especially with the upcoming new year.
0: I love that Louis. It's, and I appreciate you even understanding intuitively at a young age, the honorable component about not sharing information that people are sharing with you. Cause in a lot of ways to me, that's you communicating to the universe, to our creator, whatever, you know, whatever you want to call it is, Mm -hmm. is that you take this seriously and that you're honoring what it's bringing to you. Because to your point, man, it sounds like you were emanating that even if you were unaware of it, people were coming to you, something about your vibe and but that's a very privileged place to be, isn't it? To have that information shared with you. So I, I really appreciate that you had the understanding of the integrity component of it. Because a lot of people would take that information and gossip about it or use it as a means to undermine other people, which would take away from the work that you're doing. Right.
1: Yeah, that's not a good look. I don't like that. No. But the only downside about it when I was young is that my sisters would come to me for advice about me. <laughs> And that's family, you know, that's and, different so isn't that, with family. That, that was a problem, you know what I'm saying? Because like, if I really, if they liked the guy and I didn't like the guy, you know what I'm saying? Then there would be there would be problems, you know what I mean? So I- <laughs> You may be a little I biased try, I or I you may be- I try to stay out of that area, you know what I'm saying? Because that could get sticky because I got to live with them. You know what, but, what I'm saying? I have, to live, I have to go to the house with them, you know what I'm saying? So I didn't really like giving them things, you know what I'm saying? Especially if I knew they liked the guy and I didn't. You know, so I look at it. I'm like, oh, you know, I'm not really feeling this guy. You know what mm. I'm saying? And they would come to me and be, well, you know, he's doing this and doing it. And I would be like, I would be, sometimes I would give it to him, but other times I would be really reluctant to say, look, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, let's just, we're going to bypass that topic, actually. No, I don't want to talk
0: about it. You probably yeah. had to figure out a nice
1: way to say, like, nah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, family, you don't, don't want to get sticky like that with family. You know what I'm saying? he get really mm. sticky with family. I can, you know. yeah,
0: especially with that kind of deli- delicate information. Well, Lou, yeah.
1: something that was
0: interesting to me when we first spoke, you told me that you knew for a very long time that you wanted to do something like this because, from what I remember, Barbara Walters was a big inspiration for you, right? All the time.
1: All listen, I, <laughs> I love that. Listen, I started watching the Barbara Walters specials where she would have, and she had everybody. Over. She would have kings and queens and everybody, actors, singers, everybody. So she would do these interviews, and now like when she first comes on, everybody knows that she's gonna ask some fluffy questions unless it's like uh, a president of another country or something like this. Because I remember she interviewed the king of Egypt, right? Mm. I, I can't remember his name back then. It was in the 70s, right? And his wife was there. They were together, right? And he asked, she asked the king something in regard to women's rights, right? And it didn't go well with the wife. You could tell by the way the wife looked, but he didn't know she was gonna ask that. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Because she she would give them the fluffy questions. Look, you know, I'm gonna ask you how you became the king, and you know, I'm gonna ask you how you met your wife and stuff like that. But then the hard stuff she kept to herself. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because she wanted the people to see live how, he, how the hard stuff was dealt with. So I was like, this is really phenomenal, you know, what she's doing here. And like, sometimes she would get people crying on there and people going on and stuff. And then the last one I remember watching was the one with Mike Tyson and Robin Gibbons. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw this. I've never, I don't know if I have, it's probably been a long time, it's but I don't phenomenal. know. It's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. Right. Mm. She now first she started with the fluff questions, and then she asked them. She asked both. She asked it in a general way, but she was talking to Robin. And she said, He's, you know, he's a fighter and he can be really volatile. We've seen that in the ring, blah, 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 like this. And she said, Does he does he get physical with you sometimes? Wow. And Robin Givens said yes. On air, Woo. my and when if you see if you go back, if you can go back and get the YouTubers that interview and you see how Mike Tyson looked at her when she said that, I said, This is what I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> that that it gives that authenticity. Yeah, yeah, that's it, beautiful. It is, it is phenomenal, you know. I so, will- she she was my inspiration.
0: You well, know? to your credit, man, you carry some of that with you in your the way you host your show and the way you run your show. Because when you brought me on, you when we first met, because you do similar thing. Like I and look, I'm going to be honest with you, Lewis. Your process of bringing me on and learn like I learned from you, and I I adopted some of what you were doing the the way you prepped your guest, and I thought it was very professional. So I, I just want to give you kudos. I've been learning from you. You've been in the game for I a while, appreciate so. It. But you, you also replicate some of that in your own process where we, you talked a little bit at a high level on the things that we would talk about, but you didn't disclose to me some of the specific questions that you asked in our interview, which I think is great because it brings that authentic response, just like Barbara Walters was doing in what you were describing some of those interviews, because really, man, you and I know this, it fluffy stuff isn't that interesting. It, it builds trust. It kind of gets going, but y- you want to get in the the nuts and bolts of things. You want to get into the raw stuff. And that can be hard if you telegraph what you're going to tell your guests because they often, maybe they won't show up if it's going to be some hard questions or <laughs> whatever it may be, but you also got to do it in a respectful way. Right? So it is a, uh-huh. I feel like it's a grace that you got to bring, you know, I just want to give you some love because I feel like you do that with your show, Lewis, you've been doing it for a while. You, I, I really appreciate the people you're bringing on and, But anyway, one of the things that really stood out to me about your work in particular, I think as a man, is your focus on masculinity. And you've done a lot of content around masculinity and relationships that you've built. And I I believe it's your roadmaps or your maps of me. Like, it's something... The masculinity map. That's what it is. Yes. I would love to... Talk a little bit about that. What got you into what prompted you to start your work around masculinity and, and work on these pieces? Okay,
1: so f- the first thing was that, and I think we talked about this when you came on my show, I never learned anything positive from my father. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Matter did. of fact, I was thinking about it the other day, like when I was tying my shoe, he didn't even teach me that. My mm-hmm. mother taught me how to tie my shoes, he didn't teach me anything positive. You know what I'm saying? The things that I learned from him how to curse, how to drink, how to cheat, stuff like that's what I saw from him. Mm-hmm. He didn't teach me how to tie a tie. You know, he didn't teach me how to deal with girls, none of that. You know what I'm saying? I love my father. He, he provided, you know, we had a roof over our clothes on our back, food. But as far as the fatherly things that men are supposed to do with their sons and daughters, he didn't bring any of that. Mm-hmm. So, as I got older, I realized, one, I had to forgive him. You know what I'm saying? Because maybe that was just the way he was raised. You know what so I'm saying? And he didn't think that he had the time to find out how to do a properly. Mm. That's number one. So I had to forgive him because forgiveness is a big thing. It, it cleans things out so that you can put more positive things in. So I had to do that first. And then I started to be around men that I observed had manly qualities. They were trustworthy. They were truthful when they would say something. They would keep appointments. You know what I'm saying? They respected women. You know what I'm saying? So I I, I clung to them. Mm-hmm. I would be around them. You know what I'm saying? So I can just listen to their because men who possess manly qualities, they even talk different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> their vernacular is not like guys who don't have these qualities. It's not. You know what I'm saying? And like women may not recognize it unless, unless they've been around manly men all their life, but there is a, a speech and a, a decorum mm-hmm. that real men have, you know what I'm saying? That is different from men who don't have these manly qualities. So I said, well, let me start adopting some of these things mm-hmm. like that. Let me start doing some of these things. Then I read some books and stuff like that and got some layers. But now that I have these nephews and they are not being taught Mm. the manly qualities that they should be being taught because their fathers are not on it like that, I have to try to do the best I can. I was over at my niece's house the other day and I was talking to one of my my nephews and she told me, she told me, he didn't tell me, but he was there. She said that he had a a girl, he's 13, had a girl come over to the house, and he snuck her in his bedroom window. Oh, boy. I said to him, I said, look, I said, you you don't have to listen to me. I said, but I'm going to say this because I'm I'm here. I'm y'all. So I'm going to say it. You don't have to listen, though. I said, don't do that. I said, bring the girl to the front door. Hmm. Have enough respect for yourself and the girl to bring her to the front door. Mm. Introduce her to your mother. Introduce her to your family. And then ask him, look, Mom, can we go in my room and talk for a little bit? We're not going to do anything. Be respectful, man. I don't know if he's going to take it, but I had to give it because the information was given to me. Mm. So let's, let's go back for a second. Imagine if that was my father and someone told him that I did something like that, I wouldn't have gotten anything from him. Mm. You see what I'm saying? I wouldn't have got anything from him except for being cursed at, you know what I'm saying? Being talked down to and stuff like that. He wouldn't have given me any sound advice. He wouldn't have done that. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So I can't continue that trend. I have to break it somehow. Even if they don't take it, I have to give it to them. You know what I'm saying? So this is where I'm at with it. You know what I'm saying? And any, Men, older men who take it in and, and gravitate to it, that's, you know, that's light upon light, but I have to, I gotta give it out. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Cause I've been blessed to get it despite my upbringing. Mm. And yeah. Lewis, I love that because in doing so,
0: and you just said it, it's not your, you all you can do is offer it. It's up to the person to whether they take it and, and run with it or not. But what you're doing by doing that is you're offering them an alternative perspective on masculinity and and, Cause that's what I was going to ask you next based, especially based on that story is why is it that from your perspective, our men, like I, I know in a lot of ways, there's just not healthy masculine role models in our society. To your point, you had to find them. You had to seek them out. I had to do the same thing. I didn't. And my father passed away a couple of years ago. We ended up rekindling our relationship as he got older, but there's a lot of things that I had to learn on my own too. And, and to your point, it's not. They do the best they can. And I love that you frame it from that perspective, that you start with forgiveness, because once we realize that our parents are also trying to figure it out, they've got their own healing. It makes it easier. They're not these gods that have all these answers. We can, so we can let go and lower expectations. Right. But, mm-hmm. but for you though, what is it? Do you think there's just a lack of role models? What do you think is missing in our society? Cause the, the boy, you just mentioned your nephew, he has a
1: father, I assume. He does. But is it just not being taught? Like, what is, and hopefully it's not, it's not, it's not, meant not to being be. taught. It's not being taught. No, his father is not, his father's not teaching him anything like that because his father is like my father was mm. heavy drinker, womanizer. That's who his father is. You know what I'm saying? So it's not being taught. Those characteristics are not being taught. So he's thinking, meaning my nephew, that this is okay to do. It's okay for me to sneak a girl into my bedroom, you know what I'm saying, when my mother's not home. It's not, it's not okay, you know what I'm saying? Because you're disrespecting your mother, you're disrespecting yourself, you're disrespecting the girl, you're you're just being disrespectful. All around, yeah. You know, when you could just tell her, look, don't do this, you know what I'm saying? We're not gonna do this. Come around to the front, let you in, I'm introduce you to my, cause the sister was home. Introduce you to my sister, we're sitting, talking, whatever, like this. Don't, don't do that. Now, like I said, I don't know if he took it, but when I'm over there, because I've been going over there more often now because my niece has been getting sick. So I have to go visit my niece and they're there. My nephews are there. Hmm. So I just talk. I mean, it's what you do. (laughs) That's right. I just give out the information, you know what I'm saying? Whether they take it or not, that's not my affair, but they can't say they weren't given the information. Can't say that. You know what I'm saying? And they know how I run my life. They know what I do. Because my niece is always talking about, your uncle's doing this, your uncle's doing that. They see my stuff online. They know what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's not like it's just lip service with them. No, they see Uncle Ray, is he's doing some things. So I just try, I have to try, Brandon. You know, you got to start with your family. You know what I'm saying? And then you just try to branch out as far as you can. but. To answer your question, I just don't know, you know, if there are a lot of positive male role models that pe- that met- that young men want to look to. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. present, but in a lot of cases, they don't find them bore. They find them boring because they are not people of clickbait. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? If you if you go to If you go to anything from Andrew Tate, and I'm not hating on Andrew Tate, he says some good things, some good things, right? Mm -hmm. Then a lot of things that he said is is pure nonsense. We talked about him on your show together a bit too. You're right. I I feel the same way, but like. He he says some good things, but a lot of his stuff that he says is nonsense, but he has the clickbait. Meaning people see his stuff on YouTube and online, and he, he has the money and the resources to, you know, where he promotes his stuff in a way where others can't, so people turn on to it. Young men turn on to it, and they take this stuff and they regurgitate it, you know? And it's not, most of it is not good. Most of it is not good. And so that's the problem, you know what I'm saying? And then when you couple that with the fact that you don't, these young men don't have men in their life deprogramming them, it becomes a problem. Yeah, See, because there's no models
0: around. So you're just all they're getting is what they're being fed. And then they don't have any alternatives to that. And the sad thing is, is they go on to think that's actually a good thing. Like they actually think that that's what real men do or masculine men do, because something I wanted to ask you, too, and we like because the whole concept of toxic masculinity has been around, it seems like forever now, but been very prevalent in the last few years. But. We, we never talk about what healthy masculinity is, though. The fact that you detailed to your nephew about you bring a woman in through the front door, you introduce them to your family, that's a respectful path, the way, the honorable way to do it. That's setting an example. But, like, I, I didn't learn those things. I thought, for, for me as a young man, Lewis, I made the mistakes of womanizing and being a heathen and doing all this stuff, and I thought that made me a man. I didn't realize that it was my own wounds that I was mm-hmm. trying to cover up. Through sex and women, because I was weak, I I had all these things that needed to be dealt with. And a lot of men go out and they get their self esteem, their identity, and the money they're making, the women they're sleeping with, the cars they drive, all this external stuff, right? Like, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't define a man, does it? That doesn't make you a strong, healthy, positive male.
1: No, it doesn't. It doesn't at all. So one of the one of the positive things about being raised by my father is that I would see these things. So I would do the opposite. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't sneak around with women. My mother and father always knew the woman, the the girl that I was seeing. And I always had one girl at a time. Mm -hmm. Because I never cheated, because that's what my father did. Mm -hmm. So I never cheated on girls. I would have one girlfriend at a time. And they would always know. I would bring the girl to the house. Look, this is my mother, you know, said this so-and-so, like this. So they would know. So it's not like I'm giving my nephew advice that I never implemented. No, Mm -hmm. this is what I did when I was 13. I brought my girlfriend to the house. Look, this is my mother, you know what I'm saying? This this is my father, you know, he's my sisters, like this. And one of my girlfriends, she became like part of the family. She just, (laughs) she's just there. You know, I come home, she's just there, you know what I mean? (laughs) Whether you like it or not, I guess, she's. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, my my mother and my father, they they know her, you know what I'm saying? They know she's me, it's no problem, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, and this is what I want for my nephews. So I want want my nieces to be respectful young ladies, but the men are really struggling, man. They are really struggling Mm -hmm. out here with what it looks like to have masculine, because we're getting messages from men and women that are not good. Mm. You know what I'm saying? We're getting. We, we, it's not just the men that are giving the young men messages that are good. It's women too. Can you women expand on that, giving, Lewis? Can you expand on that a little bit, if you don't mind? What I mean is, is that when you hear that the man should be overly emotional. Mm. This is problematic. I I had an individual on my show. His show is coming up. I ain't gonna tell you who he is. I ain't gonna put him out there. His show is coming up though. And he said, this is, we talked about this at the beginning, right? He said that if someone passes away in the family, right? And the peop- There are people at the funeral or whatever and at the wake or whatever, and they're really bawling and they're losing and They're pulling their hair and everything like this here, and he's just going crazy, right? So I said to him, I said, I don't think that the men should be doing that. I said, because the men are supposed to be responsible for the people that are there, regardless of whether they lost some- them. They can cry. I'm not saying we're not supposed to cry. I'm not into stoicism. Mm -hmm. That's not my thing. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? If we're grief-stricken, even as a man, we're allowed to shed tears. We're allowed to feel sorrow. We're allowed to feel grief. Nothing wrong with that. But to lose control is another thing. That's something else. You know what I'm saying? That's something. And he just argued with me like, this is okay. Mm -hmm. It's okay Mm -hmm. if if the man wants to do it. I'm like, who's gonna, who's gonna control the, who's gonna keep the, who's gonna keep the room in control if all the men and the women are- If everybody's yeah, losing I, their I, minds emotionally. I kind, of, I kind of backed up off it. What I'm saying is, the point that I'm making is, is that there are certain masculine qualities that are mainstays. One of them is patience. Mm. Even during times of tragedy and grief, a man should have a certain level of patience where he controls himself. Yep. He doesn't get out of control. You know what I'm saying? Because he has to he still has to manage and be responsible. That doesn't leave him. It doesn't leave him because somebody passed away. He still has to be responsible. You know what I'm saying? And he has to but this is what we're getting, you know i saying? Either we're getting the stoicism or we're getting, oh, it's okay, you know what I'm saying, for you to just, and it's not. So we need somebody, we need some people to bring people to the middle. Matter yes. of fact, I'm about to have this fantastic author on. Her name is uh, Jody something. She wrote this piece about what real men Oh, um, nice! What real manhood looks like. Mm. She wrote a piece From on a Medium. Woman. I love that. It, it is. It is. So I, I couldn't find her email. So I messaged her on Medium and said, "Look, I gotta have you on the show." Mm. So I talked to her uh, a couple of days ago. She agreed to be on. It is a phenomenal article that she wrote about masculinity. Phenomenal. I don't agree with all of it. Well, sure. Yeah. <laughs> you probably. I, I mean. Yeah, I naturally. don't agree with all of it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But we're gonna get into that on the podcast. I told yeah. her. I said, "Look." I just want to come on, have you want to talk about this article? You know what I'm saying? And I said that there's not everything that I agree with. I said, but I want you to read the pieces that you want out, and if there's some things that I disagree with, we will discuss it on the show. Hmm. She so agreed. I love that. That's yeah. what you can do at the end of the day, right?
0: Too. It it also models how to have healthy discussions too by doing that. I think it's yeah. it's not good to just parrot or agree with everything everyone has to say, right? It's it because if you don't, you don't have any integrity of your own. That's right. But, yeah. Lewis, I love, though, what you're saying at the fu- that funeral example, because, look, I- I've always been a very deep-feeling man. And that's something that I've had to tussle with throughout my life. And as I've gotten older, I've realized it's a blessing because I've learned to anchor myself in my masculine energy, though, in my stability, through my faith. But you, when you talk about that trust, for, it's in my—you— We are men in my part, in my mind, it's our responsibility to create that stability. That stability is what you, when you're, when you were saying that to me, that's what I was thinking is stability too. Like, bro, when I lost my dad, man, I was emotional out of my mind. I cried a little bit of tears at his funeral, but all the women, all the people around me were a loss. I was anchored. I knew that I had to do that. But bro, you better believe when I got home that night and I was in the shower and all those, and I was, it was my i broke down man i let it rip to your point Mm -hmm. like it's not you but we that's the point of control of maintaining that integrity within ourselves offering that stability as men it's very important that we bring that anchor mentality to what we do i think because the people around us look for that and i Mm -hmm. think that to me is a sign of a leader too and and it doesn't mean that all men are leaders or need to be, but if you want to be a strong man, I think that's a component of being an authentic, healthy male is leadership and being strong and, and having that emotional control when, when you need to. Right. I love that yes. you said that specifically. So Lewis, the, cause we're talking, I think we've talked a little bit about the promiscuity, the, the lack of integrity. That's something I want to bring up too. Cause you mentioned that on our show together that I thought was very interesting. We also talked about journaling too. But Mm -hmm. the lack of integrity for you and men and where men will say they're going to do something and not follow through with it. That's something that I've noticed uh, uh, is so prominent now in our world where where there's just like, it doesn't matter what you say. Like your word doesn't mean anything. And I just, it's so bad. Like, (laughs) but would you mind? Can we get in that a little bit? Like, that's not good. (laughs) (laughs) That's not good. (laughs) That communicates a lot of things to the world when we do that, doesn't it? That doesn't mean we can't. Like, I had to change on you when we had our first schedule. We had to reschedule this session together because my daughter was sick. But right. sometimes things come up and we communicate. But that's not the same
1: thing, is it? It's like just ghosting someone or bailing not even on a thing. It's not even close to the same thing. So if you make an appointment and something came up, like your daughter got sick, you sent me a message and said, listen, I'm not gonna, we're going to have to reschedule. We're going to have to do it again. My daughter is sick like this. That's part of it. That's part of it. You know what I'm saying? You don't just not show up. You know what I'm saying? But this is something that, this is something that we're doing now as men. This is something we're doing. You know what I'm saying? I had an individual actually make three appointments with me, for just for a pre-talk, for the, for the podcast. I wanted to have him on the podcast. So the first one, you know what I'm saying? He, he didn't show up, right? And so he sends me a message, he says, Oh, I had another call scheduled. He didn't tell me that though, right? So then he said, okay. I said, okay, well, this reschedule. So he rescheduled, right? He didn't show up, right? He didn't say anything, right? So then he sends me an email. saying, said, look, if something happened like this, right, he didn't tell me what, right? So I said, okay, well, let's reschedule. He rescheduled the third time. He didn't show up. He didn't say anything. It's embarrassing, he no man. It's embarrassing. He, it just didn't show. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, what, what, what are you doing with your life here? You know what I'm saying? What are you doing? Because we look at these things, like some of us look at these things and we say, oh, that's just a small thing. No, but small things spill over into big things. Mm-hmm. That's the way it works. You know what I'm saying? If you're, if you're not good with cleanliness... Right. If you're unorganized in, in your office space, your apartment or your house, it's gonna spill over into other things. You're gonna be unorganized in other areas. It's just, part, it's just human nature. That's the way we are as humans. So if you're like this in one area, you're gonna be like that in another area. You know what I'm saying? So it's not a small thing, it's a big thing. Because you're, you're breaking your word regularly.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: now you've become accustomed to being a liar, because that's what that is. Let's call a spade a spade here, you know what I'm saying? You're lying now, and you're doing it regularly now, you know what I'm saying, where it's like, it's no problem for me to just, I'm gonna make an appointment, but I can back out at any time, you know what I'm saying, because I want to, I feel like going to the beach instead of keeping the appointment that I made. What what is this? Where where are we getting these things from? You know what I'm saying? And that's my question, you know what I'm saying? I wish he would have got back in touch with me so I could just ask him, where did you get that from? Like, why are you doing that? Yeah, well, what? Where, where did
0: this come from? <laughs> well, Lewis, it's, and it's interesting because what people don't realize, and that, this gentleman is specifically, like, we don't, we're, that's not honoring ourselves and that's breaking our own self-integrity. And whether we acknowledge that or not, that's creating a broken cycle within us. And as you said, it's allowing us to say, we can be dishonest about the way we operate in the world. And that's mm-hmm. the way we train ourselves to say, this is okay. And then we come up with all these justifications for whatever it was. I'm sure the guy had a million r- reasons why it was valid for what he was sending you. But mm-hmm. the reality is, is he's only deceiving himself and it's only gonna impact his ability to grow and progress in the world in a meaningful mm-hmm. way, isn't it? Cause that's what it does. It's- We hurt ourselves when we do this. And I don't think that's something that as men in particular, we realize because you said it earlier, man, I'm a firm believer that how we do one thing is how we do everything. So if it just to that point, if you operate, maybe you're just bailing on a podcast to this guy, but dude, you're operating that way in every area of your life and it's impacting your ability to reach and grow and progress, but it's very common. I see it all the time. My wife and I talk about this constantly, Lewis, how, like, it's a bummer to me that quality seems to be sliding with a lot of things, how you have to follow up with, you're paying people to do certain things, and but yet you're the one following up. And it's just weird. Like, is, are we
1: just, do we have insane expectations or is the integrity of the world sliding? No, we don't have insane expectations. The integrity of the world is sliding, hmm. but it, it's been doing that for a long time. It has been doing that for a long time because people, there's a tradition that talks about that. Like before, where where it says that before we used to do business with anybody because people were trustworthy. You know what I'm saying? Look, okay, let's make this contract and both people would keep the contract. But then he said, the individual said, well, now I only do business with so-and-so and -and -and so-and-so because the other people aren't trustworthy. You can't trust them anymore. You know what I'm saying, the, this trustworthiness is not prevalent amongst all the people. You know what I'm saying, people think they can cheat and half step and cut corners and things like this. And it's not a good thing. You know what I'm saying, it's not a good thing because then and word spreads. It's not like word doesn't spread. You know what I'm saying, you can text people and say, look, don't do business with so-and-so. So-and-so ain't. <laughs> a matter of fact, I got a couple of people on my list like that. I had a couple of people on my list. Where people be like, "Well, well do, do you think I should get so and so to do so and so?" No, don't mess with so and so. So and so ain't gonna do. Nah, he ain't gonna get the job. Though. Don't mess with him. You know because I already dealt with him. You know what I'm saying? So I know I have firsthand knowledge. I'm not. It's not supposition here. I dealt with this individual. He's not gonna keep appointments. He's not gonna do the job correctly. You know what I'm saying? You gonna have problems on him. Hmm. Go somewhere else. You know what I'm saying? So this is the time that we're living in. You know what I'm saying? This is the time that we're living. Now, mind you, all we can do is put the information out. That's That's, right. That's that's why, this is one of the reasons I love this here. Or we just put the information out. You know what I'm saying? People can take it or not take it, but we we fulfilled our responsibility. We put Mm. the correct information out for the people who want it. That's what's important. Look, I'm in this rant with this because I'm ranting, right? <laughs> so I read this book. I read this book one time, right? It was by a scholar who passed away in the early 2000s, 2009, right? And he wrote a book about good character. And he, there's a quote in the book where he says, Evil has increased, and so has good. Hmm. I said, so I read this paragraph like 12 times before I understood. So I kept like, when you read a book and you don't get that piece that's there, so you go back and you read what came before and then you read what came after. So I just kept doing it and I, I did it like 12 times. And then I got it. What he was saying is because evil has increased, it is our responsibility to, re- to increase in good so that the good will increase. Mm. That's what he was saying, you know what I'm saying? No, evil is increased so the possibility of good has increased if you increase in doing good. So it became my mantra. This is what I'm doing here, this is what I'm doing. You know, what I'm saying? I just wanna do some good, you know what I'm saying? I, you know, I do enough wrong. You know, I've done enough wrong in my life. I'm 57 years old, I've done a lot of wrong. I just want to do some good now. You know what I'm saying? I want to help people be better. You know what I'm saying? My family, my loved ones, my community. You know what I'm saying? It's a lot going on that's negative. You know, you get that anywhere. You know what I'm saying? But if you give people good and it affects them in a good way, it, it changes people's lives for the better. So this is, you know, this is what, I, this is what I'm trying to do. I love it, Lewis. Truthfully, man, you're a testament to that work. You're living that
0: truth in that sense. You are doing the good work. And you're right, because universe, there's intelligence, right? And our creator, there's balance to everything. So as the darkness rises, so to speak, so does the light. We got to counterbalance that stuff out. What If you can remember, what was the scholar in the book you're referring to, if you can remember? His
1: name was Muhammad ibn Sali al-Uthaymin. He was a scholar from Riyadh. Right? And mm-hmm. he was teaching in the Islamic University of Medina and he wrote a book about good character. Actually it wasn't a book, it was a series of lectures that he gave in, cool. in the masjid. It was a series of lectures and they took it and they transcribed it and they put it into a book and it was about good character. The difference between good character and bad character. Right? And he put that quote in there. You know what I'm saying? And it is." it was, the book is phenomenal. The whole book is phenomenal. But just that quote, when he said that, I said, I gotta figure this out, you know what I'm saying? Because Mm -hmm. I didn't get it at first. But then once I kept going back and reading that section, it came to me, this is what he's saying. No, in order to counteract that, you gotta increase in doing good. You have to, you know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? If you want good, then you have to increase in doing good. You can't be complaining about the evil that's going on, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? but you're contributing to, you know what I'm saying? Now, if you're complaining about the evil that's going on, okay, well, do some good to counteract the evil that's going on. So it became my mantra. This is how I try to live my life on a daily basis. It's phenomenal, Lewis. Well, truthfully, man, a, a lot of people, like,
0: you know, I was in the political space for a while before I got into doing the podcast that I'm doing now. And thank goodness I got out of it because it was exactly that. It was a lot of griping about the negativity, the bad things that were happening in the world, but no one's working towards solutions. No one's working towards remedying these things. They're only pointing the finger and demonizing other people or judging other people or whatever it is. Right. You don't, Hmm. you don't change. You can call out certain behavior that says, I don't agree with that. Here's the counter to it though. Like you can't just be a negative, negative person saying, oh, that's bad, that's bad, that's bad. And then offer nothing to your point. I love that man. And. Lewis, we haven't known each other that long. I'm really thankful that we met. You reached out to me a while ago to do the show, but we've interacted a few times. I see the quality of content that you're producing, man. You're living true to that mission, and it's very inspiring. I'll make sure to link to that. The, the scholars you mentioned in the show notes, too. I'll make sure to link to your masculine series as well. I am curious yeah. for you. Are, I know we've talked a lot about masculinity. I know you do more of the masculinity in your work as a life coach, but it's just something, it's such a, I think, for, for men, particularly from your perspective, I feel like you really embody just those healthy, strong traits when we don't see it enough. So I, it's, I don't get an opportunity to talk to too many men like yourself who really embody these things. So I appreciate you you playing in the pool, if you will, <laughs> a bit with it. Um, but so it, is there in your mind, Lewis, are there... Any, in particular, individuals that really inspired you and resonated with you as a man that helped you level up that may be beneficial to the audience out there?
1: Always mention, first and foremost, the prophets and messengers. Always. Mm. Matter Mm. of fact, I mentioned that in the Masculine series. Always. Mm. Because, and the reason that I do that is because I believe that they were sent by God to deliver a message to the people whether it was theirs particular people or people general, right? Mm. So when you look at them and you look at, and you're trying to find masculine qualities, you'll find it in them. You're going to find it in them because they had to have it in order for the people to have respect for them, even if they didn't Mm. agree with them most of the people rejected the prophets; They didn't take what they were coming with. So this was yep. common. But it wasn't that they didn't respect them. They respected them as men, and all the prophets and messages came from the best family. Matter of fact, I used to ask one of my teachers this. I said, well, what about Moses, right? He said he was raised in the house of Pharaoh. I said, that's not his, that's not his family. He said he was raised in the house of Pharaoh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pharaoh at that time, he, his family was the best family. You know what I'm saying? So Moses was <laughs> raised with the best family. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? I didn't get it at first. That's why I kept asking him. I said, wait a minute. He was raised in the house of Pharaoh. Right? And so I said, but what about Moses? Because all, he said, all of the prophets came from the best family. So I said, what about Moses? He said, he was raised in the house of Pharaoh. Mm-hmm. I said, wait a minute, man. What about Moses? He was raised in the house of Pharaoh. So they were respected. Mm. They were respected, even even though they would disagree with. And when you look at them, all of them embody masculine qualities. How they treated their wives, how they treated their children, how they dealt with the people. They were kind, they were gentle, they were courageous. You know what I'm saying? Because they had to be courageous in order to deal with the backlash that came with delivering this message. They had, so they had to embody these things in order to do that. And then you look at an individual like Malcolm X, Mm -hmm. who, right, who went against his original teacher, who was Elijah Muhammad, because he saw that he wasn't embodying what he was giving to the people. Look, Mm. you're telling the people, to not have sex out of wedlock. You're committing adultery with the secretaries. What are you doing here? He went against yeah. them. You know what yeah. Because he believed that that's what the people needed. The people needed to be strong morally. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And intellectually. You know what I'm saying? And emotionally. Okay, now you got the leader that's doing the opposite of that. You know what I'm saying? He went against it. Now, some people are saying that that's not what necessarily got him killed, but it was part of it. Mm. It was part of it, but understand what the courage that it took for him to do that. He knew those men. He trained those men. You know what I'm saying? So to go against those men, he knew there was gonna be severe repercussions. He did it anyway. Mm. Because he was a man and he was standing on moral principles. You know what I'm saying? So he had to take a stand opposite of these people, regardless of the consequences. You know what I'm saying? That's another example. You know what I'm saying? Matter of fact, when when his book came out, because Alex Haley wrote the book, Malcolm X just told him what happened. Alex Haley wrote the book, the autobiography, right? I couldn't put it down. Mm -hmm. I couldn't put it down. It it is phenomenal. You ever read it? Have you read- I haven't, no. I'm gonna have to read it now. You got me. Phenomenal read. It's phenomenal read. I couldn't put it down. So he tells you about his evolution and all of the stages that he went through from being a drug user and a robber and a stick-up man and all this stuff. And it is, it is phenomenal. I was like, "This is phenomenal. This is phenomenal here. He was definitely an example of what masculinity should look like. No mm-hmm. doubt about mm-hmm. that. No doubt about that. You know what I'm saying? Because, and another thing that, I don't know if you saw the 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 movie that Spike Lee made, did you see X? Yeah. Yep. It was a while ago though. Yep. Yep. So one of my favorite scenes in the movie is when he had the argument with his wife Mm. about what Elijah Muhammad was doing. They yelled a little, Mm -hmm. they screamed Mm. a little, right? And Betty was a consultant. She consulted Spike Lee on the movie. So, at the end of it, she told him. She said, look, open your eyes. You could put your life on the line 24 hours a day, but the possibility of betrayal never entered your mind. Open your eyes. And she left the room. That's when he made the decision that he was gonna go against Elijah Muhammad. Why am I saying that? Because. It does a man being manly, you give the woman her say, and if she's right, you take it. If she's correct, you take it. You do not be like, no, I'm the man, I'm right. No, he was wrong. Mm -hmm. And after they argued and they went back and forth about it, he understood that he was wrong. So he took the position that his wife told him that he had to take. That's Mm manly.
2: That's
1: part of it. So powerful,
0: those are just a couple. No, that's amazing, brother. I, I really appreciate you sharing that. I think and, and there's so much power in that. I think the the big overarching component of what you're talking about is how important it is to align our values with our actions. And we can't say one thing to the world and then in our private lives do other things. It's not integrity. It's not the way we lead as men. It's not the way we set that example. And sometimes We have to do really hard things that may cost us our life. In particular, we're talking about Malcolm X here, like how you go against the grain to honor your values, regardless of what it may mean for your life, your popularity, all the things. I mean, Duke, at that point, he was huge, right? Like he, I mean, he- Very big, very big. So, I mean, you are basically saying, I'm going to take all this that I built and I'm going to pretty much put it all at risk because of what I know and I can't dishonor those values and that integrity that that's an incredible example Lewis. and I really appreciate you sharing that and I'll link to that I'm gonna I gotta read the bio now I've not that I I bet it's because I love the inner workings of that component right because you get to see their struggle and where they come from and that's the beauty of those things because you see their internal struggle that they have with life events we often know the big life events but we don't know that internal struggle so that's cool well, Lewis, so a couple things before we go here, man. It's been an excellent conversation. I really appreciate it. This is, it's fun for me too, because I love this kind of stuff too. This, you know, this is a podcast host, right? We're kind of, yeah. yeah, it's kind of insane. Like it. Yeah, not like <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> it's the best. So a couple things, though, Lewis, where can people get in touch with you right now? And what do you got going on if they want to, if they okay, want to reach out?
1: Everything, to you? okay. I'm about to, I'm about to uh, transition. I'm going to stop the relationship coaching. I'm going to just do the life coaching for now because the relationship coach is getting a little tedious, so i'm gonna just start doing the life coaching but i'm gonna i'm starting to get i'm talking to some people i'm trying to niche it down as to what particular areas of life coaching i'm gonna deal with that's coming up in the new year we're gonna we're gonna get everything together before 2024 but you can just go to my link tree you can find everything there. It's linktr.ee slash L-O-U-I-S-M-O-R-R-I-S. Everything is on their website, schedule a call, whatever. Because we, we still have to work, you know? So mm-hmm. if, people, if people call, you know what I'm saying? And they, they have some issues that they want to deal with, just schedule a call And because we still have to work. It's not like I'm gonna take off, you know what I'm saying? No, I you know, plus I love working. I love working, you know what I'm saying? So we still have to work. So you just go to the link tree, everything's there. And uh, I appreciate you having me on, Brandon. It was a uh, very good conversation. I love talking about, especially these issues about masculinity, love it. Well,
0: Lewis, one, one final thing before we go, what would
1: be a parting message
0: that you would like to share with the audience? And I'll make sure to link to everything that you, your link tree and get everything linked out in the show notes
1: for you. Okay, I'll, I'll, put, a, I'll put a poem out about this more this afternoon. Hmm. There's a lot going on in the world with our families and ourselves pray for your people and pray for the people. Mm. That's my message. Don't underestimate the power of prayer. Don't do that. You know what I'm saying? There was an individual, he passed away now, he passed away in like 95. He had diabetes. He's one of my teachers, right? And he would miss work a lot because he had severe diabetes. And we would ask, well, where is he? You know what I'm saying? Well, he's sick. You know what I'm saying? And he would come back, right? And when he would come back, I would say to him, look, man, I was praying for you. And he would always say this to me every time. He would say, it might have been your prayer that God answered to get me back. Mm. He always said that to me. There was never a time when I said to him when he was out, when he was out of work, where I said to him, look, man, I prayed for you when you were sick, man. He said your prayer might've been the one that God answered to get me back. He always said that Mm. to me. Pray for your people and pray for the people. We need it, man. Even if we can't do anything else, we can do that. We can do that. That's
0: my message. Amen to that. Amen to that, Louis. Well, well said, brother. I appreciate you saying that. And I appreciate you coming on the show, man. This has been an excellent conversation. I, like you, really enjoy these topics too. A lot of good stuff in here that you provided for the audience. So, Lewis, I certainly appreciate you coming on, brother. I appreciate and you inviting me, man. I really do. <laughs> heck yeah. Well, for the audience, as usual, appreciate your eyes, your ears, your attention. It's super valuable in a world like ours. So, with that being said, until next time, y'all. Thank you for listening to Order Within. If you found the episode helpful, please consider sharing, rating, and subscribing. New episodes will be released every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Until next time, y'all.